I know everybody loves when preachers spend a lot of time looking on the meanings of words. There's nothing better in a sermon than to hear uh, expositories on languages that nobody knows. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to try not to do that since I am not a, uh, a student of Greek uh, except for one year in school because it was required. So, <clears throat> however, today uh, in, our, in our lesson it is a, a little bit um, necessary, if, if only briefly, because there are references in our text um, that seem similar. Uh, we're talking about the Beatitudes, and sometimes I think some words, uh, as they've developed, seem really similar to us. And, and a lot of our language... Uh, has been so affected by Christianity that words, uh, which never had actually in, in the original, never had a religious meaning, have come to mean something ex- almost exclusively religious. And we lose kind of the, the idea and we lose some of the distinctions between words. We, we began talking about humility uh, when we talked about those being the poor in spirit and remembering that the, the group of people we are talking about is this harassed people as Jesus described them uh, up, in, up in Galilee. In our text, uh, as we continue on, Matthew 5, 5, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And, and there's this, this word meek uh, confuses us, I think, a little bit, uh, because it's not... In English, a word that we use anymore. I mean, it was a, a fine word a while ago, but, but we don't use this word. And so, so there's this confusion over, over how we should understand this word. Uh, are, are meekness and humility the same thing? If so, then Jesus is kind of repeating himself. Well, I don't think he's repeating himself. Um, and, and we'll look at why, for uh, briefly, why these, these words have, have maybe the definition that they have. Um, but uh, they're they're close. They're they're not exactly the same thing. Or we might say, is meekness weakness? That that's kind of we, we think of that maybe when we think of someone meek. You know, think of kind of a uh, not a really strong man or whatever. He's kind of a meek fellow. Uh, we might think of almost shyness. And, uh, and so, so these are kind of some of the ideas that when we hear the word meek, and we wonder why Jesus is saying, you guys are blessed if you are meek. Well, let's look at the reasons for some of these. Uh, I suppose weak rhymes with meek, so that's pretty unfortunate. I, I don't know if, if that's the only reason that we kind of get this, these two kind of sound similar. I don't know. This, I suppose... Words could do that, but but doesn't mean weak. Um, what about humble? Matthew eleven twenty nine says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." And so, so we have this kind of this lowly in spirit, low uh, idea that, that sounds like humility to me. But I want to draw your attention to the word and. He says, I am meek and I'm humble. Those are two different ideas. They might be similar, but they are different ideas. Uh, Similarly, 
Oh, what about, what about the concept of being shy or something like that? He says, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is God, in God's sight is very precious. Again, these ideas are, they, they are similar maybe, but shyness or quietness is not the same thing as meek. So we're going to look at, at what, these, what these are. Now, we could say probably that, that if you are a meek person, we will probably find you to be humble. If you are a meek person, I don't know about shy particularly in our definition, but we might find you not to be a boisterous person. I, I don't know if, if that always rings true, but, but I, I imagine there's a lot of crossover in, in some of these words. And so I want to look... Uh, at a topic, and we're going to come back to these, these words and what they mean, but to get there, I want to talk about the evidence of spirituality. As we've started this second half of the year, we've been talking about the inner part of faith. We spent a lot of the, the year talking about what it means what, to, be, to have visible faith and the things that go into having a, a successful visible faith in, in, in front of people. But, but what, one of the things we've talked about is that this really comes and originates from what's inside of a person. And, and Jesus addressed this. He says, You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. I was kind of looking through photos. I'm like, that's interesting that Jesus would use this comparison. I suppose if you weren't a trained person, maybe, maybe you'd get these things confused. There's a lot of similarities here. But you're going to recognize them by the fruit that they produce. What's inside develops what is visible. We can't completely isolate, in other words, those that the inner part of faith and the outer part of faith. They're going to be connected at some point. Paul describes this further. He says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. What does that have to do with the Beatitudes? Well, Jesus and Paul are both describing spirituality through what? The metaphor of life. And we, we talked about that, that the spirit does life. And, and I said we were going to hear this again. The spirit does life. And a fruit, this metaphor, it is the sign of life, of something happening inside. And one of those beatitudes is mentioned here. And you're like, Where? Where is that mentioned? Because I don't see meekness in this list anywhere. The word translated meek in, in, in Matthew is here as well. In fact, some of your versions might have the word meek. It is the word gentleness. And now you can see why, well, maybe it crosses over with some of those other things. But it is not the same thing. A humble person is likely to be gentle. A gentle person is likely to take a softer, quieter approach to things. 
they're not the exact same thing. And so from this point on, I just want to refer to it as gentleness because it's, it's better to use a word that we all understand and use today in our regular vocabulary than a word that hasn't really been used outside of a religious context, in, or at least in the right way, outside of a religious context in centuries, or at least decades. So changing the language, I think, helps to, to understand uh, what, what our topic is and what the context is. And so I want to talk about the posture of gentleness. Galatians chapter 6, just a few verses later. This is interesting. He, he gets through talking about the fruits of the Spirit, and then he expounds upon one of them. And this is the next topic that he decides to expound upon is one of them. He says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. The posture of gentleness. What is the posture of gentleness? Uh, I don't understand something, because I'm a man. A baby's born... And immediately the women, I mean, I understand it, but immediately the women, like, line up to hold the baby. I understand maternal instinct, and I understand the baby's cute and all that. I'm saying from a man's perspective, if something goes wrong, I want plausible deniability. <laughs> right? That's just the way I look at things. I, I don't want to be a, something... So when, when uh, I was uh, in the hospital for Benjamin, Benjamin's not here, so, so we can use this illustration. Um, for Benjamin's birth, uh, I was kind of shell-shocked, so I was not prepared for certain things. Right? So I was not prepared for, uh, as soon as Benjamin arrived, they threw a pair of scissors in my hand, and they asked me to cut my baby. And I, I was so shell-shocked, I didn't know I could say no. You know, I was ready this next couple of times for that. Uh, so, so that was, okay, survived that. And then, I, I, I don't remember the order of events, so, so maybe Katie remembers this differently. I remember them, I don't know if we went straight to the incubator and they do all the, the stuff, or if they immediately put, I, I get the ones confused, and because uh, I know they do things a lot different uh, in in Ukraine where Anthony was born. So anyway, so, um, but I remember at some point them giving Benjamin to me to give to Katie. I can't remember if that was immediate or later. And I'm thinking, I'm going to mess this up. Right? I've only got a few feet to go here. And it's like, you're like, this is the posture of gentleness. Right? This is, I don't want to mess this up. Like, I don't know how to hold this thing. I just don't want to break it. Let me get it to, let me get it to safety. <laughs> That's the posture of gentleness. That's the posture of what he says here. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you are spiritual. Don't break it. 
It is towards the fragile, towards the vulnerable. It's the thought that creates gentleness, in other words. Your perspective of that person is going to determine your posture, and your posture determines the visible aspect of what happens next. See, see they're inseparable, the inner and the outer. And so, as I say, it's framed by the thought. Is this person evil, or is this person vulnerable? Now, they may have done an evil thing. He says, if, if any of you is caught, this, if someone says caught, you're caught in something. You ever, you ever come across an animal that's caught in something? Right? We're out at the campgrounds, and, and my dog got caught. And she's not the brightest dog. Let's put it that way. And they go around this tree, and they, they're over and around, and boom, pretty soon they can't move anywhere. They've got themselves caught. Like, dog. You're like, okay, this way. Right? Gentleness. Is it, it's, you, you look at the mess, and you like, some time has been spent creating this mess. It's like they did this deliberately. Like, how did you do this? I don't even know how you made this knot. A person caught in a trespass has been spending some time making a mess. This isn't a, oh, I did a thing today. First time I ever tried that one. This is this some time here. And do, I, I could look at them from the standpoint of evildoer. But God says, the thought is different. Gentleness does not approach it from the standpoint of evildoer. Even if that is factually correct, gentleness says you look at the person as vulnerable and fragile because the approach will be different based on the frame of mind. Posture is determined by the thought. He's caught in a trespass. And so this viewpoint creates the awareness. See, there's an awareness. So like, like, like the, the first time dad, things could go sideways if I'm not cautious with the next few steps. This is the posture. There are a lot of other applications, by the way, beyond sin that we could look at. It's, it's a general concept that gentleness influences, not just sin. That's mentioned here. Jesus is teaching people in a difficult economic circumstance. Right? Not everyone has the ability. Some people do. Go get a job. See, not gentle. Some people, that applies. And Paul said sometimes, go get a job. But 
to the people who are vulnerable, it's a little different. Or to the people in difficult family circumstances. This same people, Jesus described his mission and he says, part of my mission is to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And vice versa. In other words, you and I, I think sometimes we tend to think of the family breakup as a modern thing. No. In fact, if you go back, you find that this is the main topic following the return from Babylon, the main topic that you will find throughout the, the few verses, excuse me, the few books written afterwards. There's only, I think, five books written after the return from Babylon. And the common theme is divorce. Malachi is mentioning it. Ezra, Nehemiah. I mean, this, it's, the, it's the, the family grievance is the main grievance. And, and it's still going on when Jesus gets there, you know, 500 years later, 400 years later, still happening. And Jesus says, this is my task. To turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Gentleness. What about addiction? Again, is addiction described as sin? Yes. Yes, it is. We don't do any favors to anybody by ignoring that aspect of it. But how do we approach it? What is my mindset towards the person? One caught. He is one caught in a transgression. Transgression is part of that sentence. But he's one caught, and that's the posture. What about doctrine? Hmm. People are caught in false doctrine. And the approach is different. You can see Jesus' approach different for those who are caught and those who are catching. (laughs) There are people who catch other people. And Jesus has a slightly different approach, if you recall. But to those who are caught in it, his approach is one of gentleness. He doesn't berate those who have, who have fallen for a false teaching, who, who sincerely believe it. There's many, many applications. These people have lived harsh lives. And it tends to harden you. It tends to make you more callous. Remember that he's saying, blessed are you if you are this way. In other words, it's not just these people that Jesus is looking at as, well, these people need gentleness. That's how Jesus approached them. But he's now telling them, in turn, you need to be gentle. They've been hardened by these circumstances right here on this page. And he's saying, you're going to have to learn to adapt and be gentle because when you've been through harshness, you don't always approach people with gentleness. You're a hardened person. Boy, he's, you hear this, the term, he's pretty street. What does that mean? He's lived hard. He was raised hard. He's a little rough around the edges. God says, not good enough. You're going to have to learn to be gentle. These are expectations of them now. If you want to be in my kingdom... You're blessed if you can learn this new posture. 
and then that brings us to the blessing. Inheriting the earth, what does that mean? Well, we talked about life, and one of the things we've talked about is quality of life. Is that what this is referring to? Well, <clears throat> this verse is, excuse me, among those verses that are fraudulently used by health and wealth preachers to promise material abundance, if you will follow their prescriptions and buy their books. And I don't believe that this is what it's talking about, even if it is technically true that uh, if you are Christian and you follow Christian principles, you will generally make better decisions. You will develop a better work ethic. You will learn responsibility. These things lead to family commitment and more stability. And you will generally do better in life as a result of that. That is a true statement. Or those are multiple true statements. I don't believe that's what this is talking about. The problem with this interpretation is the character that it's connected to. The posture is towards what? The posture is towards people. It is not towards stuff. Gentleness is a posture. These rewards go with the blessing. Blessed are you if you mourn, for you will be comforted. They're, they're directly connected. right? So, so he says, blessed are you if you have this posture towards people because it's going to produce something. And so there's a direct connection. I want to look at two concepts within, within, this, within this little verse here. And the first I want to go by looking at Romans chapter 10. He says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and the words to the ends of the world. The earth here is not stuff. Who has the word gone out to? It has gone out to people in the earth. And that, that I think, is the focus here. Uh, look at, again at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20 says, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown is a boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. So, so we look at this concept of earth and we look at the concept of inheritance. And the idea here is that both are connected not to the stuff we're going to get, but to the people. The posture of gentleness towards people is going to have an effect on those people. And this is what Paul says. I like this one right here, this verse, because this is, Paul had a mindset that his greatest inheritance in heaven wasn't going to be whatever the stuff was. 
But it was going to be the people that were there with him. That's what he was looking for. I mean, obviously, Christ, in the presence of Christ, that, that's not to be compared. But I'm talking about the, the, the effect of his ministry. He was not looking for the stuff. The treasure that, that he laid up in heaven in terms of, of, of his ministry was looking forward and knowing there's a guy that's in heaven because I did what I did. That's, that'll be incredible to, 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 to walk down the street and know that for eternity. That you at least had some hand, some influence in that person being there forever. I, I can't even imagine that, that feeling. That's better than whatever a mansion's going to look like, as impressive as that may be. You are our glory. You are our crown. You are our, that's what I'm excited for. And the way to get that glory, the way to get that crown, the way to get that inheritance is through a posture of gentleness. You want to influence people. You want to, to, to have a great effect in the world. It's going to be through developing the posture of gentleness. It's not going to be in having the ability to tell people how wrong they are. Try that. It's not going to be your ability. Let the Holy Spirit convict people of sin. But to speak the truth from a position of gentleness takes a lot of character development. This one, I think, sometimes gets lost. There's an interesting thing as I look at the Beatitudes and in the passage we just we just looked at it, the fruit of the spirit the beatitudes don't mention love yeah. how did jesus miss that one really there's not a lot of similarities between the two lists only one or two of them are mentioned but gentleness is mentioned in both and i think that gentleness might be the posture that most summarizes love. This opinion. You are not a man until you've been, this is also an opinion. Until you've been in a situation where you've considered this, I'm not saying you've done it. My screwdriver is elsewhere, my battery in my cordless is dead. I have a hammer. <laughs> and, and the thought goes through your head. Like, I really don't want to drive this. I've had the thought. I will not say if I've ever attempted. It will be up to you to consider that. But it is the tool. 
and the usage of a tool, and, and, and the understanding of which tool is going to get the best and most efficient job performed. To improve. Through a posture, to, to improve the way we approach scenarios. Let me give you my improvement methods, my, my instinctual ones, my reflex. When I think about interactions that I've had, and I think that was not productive, you know, in the terms of <clears throat> that didn't go like I wanted, I didn't get the result that I wanted. That means they didn't listen to me and they didn't change and agree with me. That's what that means. What do I immediately go to? I immediately replay the logic that I used, the quotations I cited, the methods of argument. Those are where I go. That's, that's my brain. And so I immediately go for the hammer. I really could have hammered this differently in. I should have said this. Oh, man, I had the... If only I would have thought of the, I had the perfect answer, and I, did, I just uh, slipped my mind. I, this is where my brain goes. Naturally, that's where my brain goes. Instead of taking the time... Going down, getting the screwdriver because it's the appropriate tool at this particular, and, and do things a little bit more gently. Right? Taking a different posture. Here's a person that really didn't need the right answer at that moment in time. I mean, they needed the right answer. I'm not saying we wanted a wrong answer, but the right answer was not the thing that they needed to be persuaded. <clears throat> The thing they might need was some gentleness. It's just improving things. This is just one way of improving things. This is just once in a series of things that Jesus is saying here. In review of my posture and in my manner, that, that improvement... may be more important, or at least as important, as improving the way I approach a topic. Because it's, it's in the posture of gentleness, in that display of the character of love, that I will communicate love, that I will communicate all of these things that God wants to communicate, they're going to get the message that God really wants them to get. There will be time to correct information. But I believe the first thing that people need to feel is love. That's why God doesn't have to mention it specifically. 
But gentleness is the communication of love for those who view the information of faith suspiciously. <laughs>